Let me pray. Lord Jesus, as we, as we come around the wisdom that's in your ancient word, and we honour your ways and we lift them up in our world, Holy Spirit, come this morning. Lead us, teach us, and touch us. Let my words be your words this morning. And thank you for this incredible text. Amen. I, I don't know of other ages apart from the age that I live in because I've never lived in them. But I know that in our age right now, there is an incredible need for wisdom. I would think like never before, but then I didn't live in the first century. I didn't live in World War II. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I'm not from those eras, but I know right now, I can't think of a better time to apply the ancient wisdom of God to today's issues. And so when I, on my newspaper app, I typed in the word wisdom and I hit enter and I, and I came up with what was, the, what was the top articles that talked about wisdom. Well, well here they are. We had cricket. <laughs> Shane Warms, Warren's sort of era, his ghost, you know, could help Mitch Swempson. He needs, the cricketers need wisdom. There we go. Battered US President Joe Biden still thinks he's a saviour. The, the, the US President needs wisdom right now. Adam Scott, PGA World Tour champion, needs wisdom in how to hit that golf ball. Up here, the, the purpose-built ice bath is the latest luxury wellness status symbol. There we go. We need wisdom, clearly. Right now, we're crying out for true leadership. Talking about the state government. Our government needs wisdom, right? A fine rebalancing out. How does your portfolio really benefit? How does your superannuation portfolio? How's your finances? Do you need wisdom? Treasurer moves to redefine Labor's historic mission. Jim Chalmers, essay. Is it wisdom? Is it not? We, we, we need wisdom and how to manage the economy. What kind of framework we want? Yes or no? Changing the constitution? Goodness. Our world is about to erupt in a big argument. Don't we need wisdom? Wisdom? Who knows what's right and wrong? I don't even know what that word means, but we should be careful. <laughs> China relations, international relations. Don't, don't we need wisdom? Ukraine, I mean, how many countries are going crazy? Don't, don't we need the wisdom of it? Just a little snapshot, and that was just from one little search on a newspaper site brought up these articles from sport to government, to politics to finances, to, to the future, to international relationships. And, and that's, that's all stuff that's out here, isn't it? <laughs> and you think, I'm just going to get out of bed tomorrow morning and face my day. You need wisdom. I don't even know how to do this thing called family. You need wisdom. I don't know how to do school anymore. Or what does it mean to be a kid anymore? What does it mean to, to be thinking? We need wisdom. So where we find the wisdom. This is what our world, our world is trying to recreate wisdom, but it doesn't need to because it's right here in this 3,000 year old text is all wisdom you'll ever need. Our world's challenge, if it was my world, is to reform and to point our world to the wisdom the truth. That's our task. We don't have to reinvent the wisdom. We don't have to come up with new ideas. It's the, the challenge of our postmodern era. We, we know the end game. Here's the end game. 
Now we've got to direct our people to it in wisdom. It's the quest for wisdom. And I stand with Jeremiah 6. And I say, stand by the roads. Look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. Do you see that? If we would just stop, it's like our world is at a crossroads. Which way do I go? We'll stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask for where the good way is. This has been done before. Life has happened before. People have been married before. People have had families before. People have had jobs before. People have had governments before. There's ancient paths, ancient ways. But what I love about this scripture is when you walk in the right path, you find rest for your souls. That's the benefit of wisdom. And there is no better book in the Bible than Proverbs for Wisdom. Now, there are other books, and all books speak of the wisdom of God, indeed. But no other book like Proverbs lays it out so clearly and challenges so many thoughts in one chapter. King Solomon lived about 1,000 years BC. So we're talking 3,000 years ago. He was the third king of Israel, Saul, David, Solomon. He was the son of King David, the, probably the greatest king that we would say. And one day God came to him in his early kingdom and he said, Solomon, what would you like? I'm going to give you a gift. Wealth, fame, lots of... He says, wisdom. He said, wisdom. I want, I want wisdom. And so Solomon as it goes, became the wisest person to ever live outside of Christ. And he would reflect and write, Proverbs are observational. Okay? It, means, it means it's like he was looking out the window and goes, hmm, look at that and that and that, that means that. So it's like he's, he's reflecting and seeing, this is the, the sense. And then, then he's packaged it up with a few other wise sayings from other people and he's written it all down and said, here you go. And it, and it actually reads like the training manual for, for some young people entering the court. You can picture, you know, Solomon's protege is coming in and his court. And so the, the young men who are coming into it, he said, let me teach you wisdom before you go any further. Here's a course in wisdom. Open up the book of Proverbs. And so we find, it says right at the beginning, it says the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. This is, this is the purpose of the book, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice and equity, to give prudence to the simple knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in their learning. And the one who understands obtain guidance, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. And verse 7, right, right at the front, we get the undergirding principle of the whole book. Here it is. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. All knowledge starts with God. And if you cut God off from the source of knowledge, it's not true knowledge. Back in the old days of universities, theology was called the queen of the sciences. 
And so you'd study theology and then you'd study biology or geography or philosophy or chemistry or whatever. But you, but you see, in the old days, everything used to fit under the study of God because they understood that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fear means reverence. It's not like, <gasps> okay. It's, 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 a, it's a deep reverence for and respect for God. Holy fear. That's the idea. So whenever we, we are looking at something, even in, in a, you know, kids studying stuff at school, actually have the framework of how does this fit into God's kingdom is the way we should be looking at it. Of course, our world doesn't entirely agree with that approach today. In fact, it's increasingly antithetical to that. It, it, it is wanting to push God right out of the picture. But the problem is, it's actually not wisdom. It's just information or ideas or theories. And half the stuff we learn teaching schools are theories. Someone's good idea. Something that somebody got onto. Something that's become popular. I'm going to be good. I won't go down that track yet. But when I read this and I see that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. If you want wisdom, get to know God. And let him guide you into all truth. I'm going to just read some of this. You see, see, this so much of the scriptures were designed to be read out loud. You actually miss something when you read it in a text. It's, it's, it's an oral tradition. It's designed to be read. Let me, let me read you some. Settle in. I might even be five, ten minutes. I, I want you to engage in some of the wisdom of the early Proverbs. Because Proverbs 1 to 8 reads like a, like a prologue, an introduction. It's, it's, it's introductory. And then after verse, uh, chapter 9, we'll get into kind of the, the riddles and the sayings and, the, and the, kind of the rhythm of how that works. But, but 1 to 8 kind of sets the scene. And I can imagine King Solomon with all of his pupils and his students and the courts and the Queen of Sheba and whoever else would come. He would listen to my wisdom. And it will be something like this. Let me, let me read it to you. Hear, my son, your father's instruction. Forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole like those go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods. We will fill our houses with plunder. Throw your lot amongst us. And we may have one purse. My son, do not walk in that way. Hold back your foot from their paths, for their feet run to evil. Make haste to shed blood, for in vain is a net spread in the sight of a bird. But these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors. Now in 120, wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the market, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. How long, O oh simple ones, we do love being simple. How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing? And fools hate knowledge. 
if you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called and you have refused to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded. Because you've ignored all my counsel and would have none, none of my reproof, I will laugh at your calamity. I'll mock you when terror strikes you. When terror strikes like a storm, your calamity comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish comes upon you, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. Wisdom speaking. Okay. They will seek me diligently, but not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They'd have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall not eat the fruit of the way and have the fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Chapter 2. My son... If you receive my words and treasure my commandments and make your ear attentive to wisdom and incline your heart to understanding, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it for silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. And from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. And he's a shield to those who walk in integrity. Guards the path of justice and watches over the way of the saints. Then you'll understand righteousness and justice and every good path because wisdom will enter your heart. And knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. And understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech, who forsake paths of righteousness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil. Men whose paths are crooked, whose ways are devious. And so you'll be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death, and her paths go to the departed. None who go her way come back, nor do they regain the path of life. So you will walk in the way of good and keep to the paths of righteous, for the upright will inhabit the land, and those with integrity will remain on it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be rooted out forever. Isn't this cold? Chapter 3. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favour and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones and honour 
the Lord with the, all your wealth, with the first fruits of all your produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves whom he loves as a father in whom he delights. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding for her gain is better than silver and profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her hand and in her left hand are riches and honour. All her ways are pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. And those who hold her fast are called blessed. See, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. And by understanding, he established the heavens. And by his knowledge, the deeps broke open. And the clouds dropped down with dew. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. And they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. And then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. And when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. And you will not be afraid of sudden terror or the ruin of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it's due when it's in your power to give. Do not say to your neighbour, Go and come again. Tomorrow I'll give it to you when you have it with you now. Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done no harm. Do not envy a man of violence and do not choose his ways for the devious person is an abomination to the Lord. But the upright are in his confidence. The Lord's curse is in the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteousness. Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favour. The wise will inherit honour, but fools get disgrace. Chapter 4. Hear, O sons, a father's instructions. Be attentive that you may gain insight, for I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me, King David, taught me. And said to me, let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get insight. Do not forget. Do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honour you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. If you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let it go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go there. Turn away and pass on, for they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. I'm going to skip to 
chapter 5. My son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding that you may keep discretion and keep your lips. For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she's bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death and all her paths follow to Sheol. She does not ponder the path of life. Her ways wander and she does not know it. Son, listen to me. Do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep your way far from her. Do not go near the door of her house, lest you give your honor to others and your years to the merciless. Lest strangers take the fill of your strength and your labors go to the house of a foreigner. And at the end of your life, you groan and your flesh and body are consumed and you say, how I hated discipline and my heart despised reproof. I did not listen to the voice of my teachers or incline my ear to instructors. I am at the brink of utter ruin and the assembled congregation. Drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. Should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in the streets? Let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. A lovely deer, a graceful doe, let her press fill you at all times with delight, be intoxicated always with her love. Why should you go? Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress? For man's ways are before the Lord and he ponders all his path. The iniquities of the wicked ensnare him, and he's held fast in the cords of his sin, and he dies for lack of discipline. And because of his great folly, he's led astray. Skip to chapter 7. Eight. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portal, she cries out, To you, O man, I call, and my cries to the children of men. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Hear, for I will speak noble things. And from my lips will come what is right, and my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips, and all the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands and right to those who take knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than gold, for wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compare with it. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honour are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. It goes on and on. I, I just encourage you to read it and read it and absorb it and chew on it. What, what an astonishing set of instructions, inscriptions. What a passionate appeal to good things. Where will, you, where will you hear this in today's marketplace? What website do you go to? What school do you attend? What information source? I tell you, there's nothing like this. 
As you read through this, let me help you. There are seven pillars, seven recurring themes that come up. And I'll read you the scriptures so you can see them. It's just at the start of chapter 9. It says, wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. Okay. Now, these are, these are not sort of dealt with in sort of subject matters. Now let's deal with the first one. You just see these, these, these pillars scattered through Proverbs and indeed the whole Bible. But if you can get a bit of understanding about what they actually mean, it'll help you and you can spot them all the way through. So, so here they are. Wisdom. This is, this is Proverbs 8, verse 12. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight. I have power. Isn't that amazing? And if you, if you could build a house on these seven things, in fact, if you could build your life on these seven things, I tell you, you build your business on these seven things, your career, your marriage, your family, on these seven things. I tell you, you're going to be blessed. Let's, let's go through them and just, because some of these are old words, actually. Some of these are words that are not commonly used, but, but they are throughout the Scriptures. Let's talk about prudence. Prudence is not a word we hear. Sometimes equated with financial management. You know, be a little prudent right now. It's probably the, the best that we can get. But it, but it means caution with regard to practical matters, discretion. Prudence is such a great thing. It means I don't leap in. Oh, that's a great idea. Oh, I, don't. I didn't think about that one, did I? Who's done that? On a whim. It doesn't mean you can't be spontaneous. You know. But it's like major things. You go, oh, I should just stop and pray about this one. I should just exercise a little bit of caution before I go and <laughs> go there blind. That's prudence. And we talk about financial matters because so often people live by a gut feeling or an instinct, but perhaps it's better just to kind of wait and be a little bit more rational about things. That's prudence. Knowledge. And not knowledge is, is there, but it actually means knowledge of God. Right? And, and a discernment leading to obedience. So we're not talking about information. We live in a world of information. You know, we just jump onto Google. Who needs, who needs to remember any stuff anymore? Just Google it. And now who needs to create stuff? We just chat GPT. Like it's generative AI. It's all there. But actually, this real knowledge is knowledge of God and then action out of that knowledge. So it comes back to the idea of knowledge is based in the fear of God. And so to really know something is to know God's take on it in a practical way. So it's understanding this is what God thinks, therefore has the implications for my next step. Next one is discretion. When was the last time someone talked to you about discretion? It's the opposite of our age. Who cares about being discreet? I'm just going to blast it on Twitter. I'm so upset. It's judicious in one's conduct or speech, especially with regard to respecting privacy or maintaining silence about a delicate matter. 
How awesome is that? Let me read it again. It's being judicious in one's conduct or speech, especially with regard to respecting privacy, maintaining silence about something delicate. When was the last time you just were discreet? I know all this information and I could just say it and it would be done with. But actually, what if I just didn't say that thing right now? Because that might really hurt this person. Do I really have to be a know-it-all? Do I really have to have my opinion heard? Does it really matter? I'm just going to step back. You see, that's discretion. I don't have to blurt out and have my opinion and have my way and strong-arm my way and everything because I know it all. I'm just going to sit back and watch it play out and play the long game. Discretion. I love these words. Counsel. We live in a world where we don't need counsel. I've got Google. I don't need to ask my mom or my dad or my grandparents or the traditions or the good things that are in my family anymore. Who cares? I've got to, you know, I'm trying to work out how to do something, you know, build something. And I could, I could ring somebody who knows something or I could just have a go myself with YouTube at my right hand. But see, counsel, this idea of consulting, and, and asking and deliberating is almost quite foreign. I wonder how she would approach it. Yeah, I might do that. There's so much wisdom even in this room. You could tap into How, how did you raise your kids? Oh, man, I'm struggling. How did, how did you do that so well financially so that you're here and not there? You know, like just even practical things. The counsel of God even in this room. Wow, that's why I love a multi-generational church. Let's, let's use it. Young people, myself included. Sound judgment means to substantiate something. Evidence-based. Wow. To write something online, to write an opinion piece. What about you back it up with some research? It's a great idea. Well, I wonder why that's a good idea and I wonder who else has thought about that and how does that actually fit in with something else. You see, we live in a world again of rapid opinion, but is it really sound wisdom? Insight. We need insight. It's apprehending the true nature of something, especially through intuition. So using the intuition part of our, our faculties. Really understanding the true nature of something. And power. Wisdom has power. Wisdom isn't fluffy. Wisdom isn't just kind of sit back and be true. But no, wisdom has strength. And this kind of power means, means fortitude. It means, it means actually acting the right way. But doing it with conviction and substance. And knowing that, that what I do is going to make a difference. And doing something with intention. Now, these pillars that you see, you will see these words sprinkled throughout the Proverbs as you read them. Right? It's, it's clearly laid out here, just in Proverbs 8, 12 and 14. But you, you'll just see these ideas. And, and of course they interrelate. It's kind of hard to have some without the other. But I tell you, 23, isn't it? 2023. 
if you set your 2023 around these things, my goodness, look out. Imagine the impact on your family, on your key relationships, on your finances, on your workplace, on your friendship. Can you imagine? I mean, this is purposeful. We're doing this at the start of the year to give you a leg up in having a great year. You start to read these promises and you start to see how it all unfolds, I tell you. It doesn't mean that you won't have pain. It doesn't mean that you won't have bumps and issues. and just It's life. Those little character tests and the things that trip us over, they're there to give us strength. You can't be an overcomer unless you have something to overcome. You can't grow unless you have challenges. So God doesn't remove challenges from you, okay? If you're going through stuff, it's not like God hates you. Actually, he loves you. And he's walking you through the challenges. But if you walk through the challenges with great wisdom, man, what's going to come out the other end is gold and blessing in your life. As we wrap up, as we wrap up, there's a part of wisdom which is the knowledge of God. Let me read this scripture to you before we close. Proverbs 8.33 says this. It says, Hear instruction and be wise. Do not neglect it. So listen to instruction. Don't, don't neglect it. Be wise. But blessed is the one who listens to me. Watching daily at my gates waiting beside the doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favour from the Lord. Did you see that? Wisdom principles are not just to apply things. It's not just, oh, okay, so I need some knowledge, so I'm going to go and chase knowledge. Hmm. Now I need discretion, so I'm going to be wise about my dealing. Okay, so today I'm going to be focused on discretion. Okay, Now, now I need a bit of power, so that's going to wear you out. Here's how it works. Wisdom is a person. Wisdom is personified in Proverbs. Guess who that is? It's Jesus. He's right there. Jesus. And you read it like Jesus was there when the world was formed. Jesus is behind all things. Colossians 1.16. Jesus is in the middle of everything. So if you submit everything to Jesus, life works. That's why a relationship with Jesus works. It's not just applying the principles of things, of God. That's called religion. Religion doesn't work. Because you're just trying to be conforming to something on the outside. I've got to be kinder. I've got to be nicer. I've got to, you know, I've got to do. But true faith is following a person and allowing him to speak, to guide, and nudge. Isn't that awesome? You, you not only have just this pathway, you have this person inside of you who's going to nudge you and guide you and teach you and lead you and correct you and champion you. And, and it's Jesus through the role of the Holy Spirit every day. Every day. 
I cannot think of how you do life without it. I, I don't understand. I don't, I'd be hopeless in life without the Holy Spirit guiding me. I'd be a train wreck. But somehow God in His grace has shown me I don't have to be a train wreck. I can follow Him, and listen to Him, and do life a whole lot better than I would without Him. That's the invitation this morning to wisdom Himself. Wow. And as you read the Proverbs this month, listen to Jesus. He's going to guide you. He's going to nudge you. Close your eyes for Oh, Lord Jesus. Just breathe in Jesus from heaven. Just breathe him in. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise instruction. Just right now, wherever you're at with Christ, whether you walk with him or you haven't yet, just ask him in. So Jesus, I just want you in my heart to guide me and Teach me wisdom, Lord Jesus. Teach me wisdom every day. Teach me your paths. Help me to follow you. Nudge me, guide me, correct me, champion my cause. Lord Jesus, come and bring all the pillars of wisdom into every part of my life. And Lord, I'm praying your blessing and your protection on each person that just goes after the ways of God. Bless them. Protect them. Shine upon them. Be gracious to them. And Lord, we look forward to seeing all that you're going to do through us this year.